they, they sold it for $900 million in cash. They don't really mention much about the company other than it was doing over $100 million in revenue. But what they, what they don't mention is the guy who started it, he bootstrapped it, raised no outside money, and owned 100% of it. All the part. way through the sale? All the way through the sale. Owned 100% of it. A million dollars isn't cool. You know what's cool? A billion dollars. So let me tell you this quick story. This was not a big headline. I bet you didn't even see it. So my friend, uh, I was in college at the time. He's a little bit, he's older than me. So he was not in college. He was probably in his thirties when I was 21. He started this company called Linode. Did you see yesterday a company called Linode was acquired for $900 million in cash? Yeah. Who bought it? It was, um, a um, Ak is it called Akamai? Uh, Akamai. Yeah. Akamai. <laughs> And so they bought it for nine. The, our, the everything I'm going to say is 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 relatively public, or it's you could piece it together in a bunch of different articles. But basically, they, they sold it for nine hundred million dollars in cash. They don't really mention much about the company other than it was doing over a hundred million in revenue. But what they what they don't mention is the guy who started it. He bootstrapped it, raised no outside money, and owned one hundred percent of it. So his name is Chris. He uh, I knew him when I was in college. We're not bad all the way through the sale. All the way through the sale, owned 100% of it. Hey, quick break to talk about our sponsor today. We're talking about HubSpot and their new AI-powered service hub. Okay, so what is service hub? Basically, every customer today wants to be talked to in a personalized way. And before, that required tons of human agents. But now, with AI, you could do that in a personalized way with fewer humans involved. And so you don't have to scale up your team in order to deliver personalized chat and service. So check out HubSpot's new service hub to use their AI tools to give better support to your customers. That's what they want and that's what they deserve. So visit HubSpot.com slash service to learn how this all new solution can help you deliver customer service with AI to your customers. Um, the company, all right, let me give you a little bit of background. I think when they sold, they had like 300-ish employees, but throughout their existence, they had a relatively small staff. Like, like they're doing like multiple millions of dollars in revenue per employee. And it was... It wasn't run like a family business, but almost kind of like a family business based out of New Jersey. So basically this guy... Yeah, has, what does it do? What is Linode? So I'm not in this space, so excuse me, but basically it's it's basically like the generic term is this, it's cloud computing. So basically before Amazon Web Services was around, Linode was there. And I think some of their customers are like Walmart. So they host, they help host, you know, applications and websites is the is the non-techie version uh, that I'm that, that I would say. But what, what are you looking at the website? What's it say? I'm looking at the website. It basically says, you know, cut your cloud bill and uh, your cloud bill in half. Um, it's basically like deploy Linux servers in the cloud is the idea. I think we used this, by the way, at my previous startup. I remember seeing a bill for Linode. Probably. It, they're, they're pretty popular, but they because they were bootstrapped, they couldn't quite keep up with like, uh, what was the other competitor? I think DigitalOcean, which is like publicly traded now for multi-billions. Yeah. But basically, in the early 2000s, like 2005 or 2006, Chris worked at this company called uh, HealthStream, which was, uh, it's not important, it was just a boring company. And they he worked in like with, with computers, with tech, and he, he grew up with an Apple and loved tinkering with computers. But he, what he noticed was that hosting was really expensive. So he basically locked himself in his apartment uh, from like 2002 to 2003 and like had a year's worth of savings and like locked himself in this apartment to code and build this website. And he's like, if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. And so he launches it. And right away, it does good enough to pay his salary, like single digit hundreds of thousands of dollars by year two, because this was in early 2000s. I, I don't even think Amazon Web Services was around at this point. And if it was, it was like brand new. 
And in fact, this whole idea of cloud computing was brand new. At HealthStream, Chris was like, look, we've got to like spend all this money to buy servers. What if we just like bought a bunch of servers and rented it out to people? And that was like the idea because it's it's really hard for a small business who doesn't want to create a bunch of servers in their office to like actually host a website, host applications, right. things like that. So that's where the idea came from. And so it grew like a little bit year over year. It wasn't growing like crazy for a long time, um, but it was doing okay. Chris kind of was always obsessed with automation. So we did a really good job of automating a lot of the parts of the company. Uh, and so they could hire relatively small staff, you know, like only like 10 or 15 people for the first handful of years, even when it was getting close to making um, over $10 million a year, still really small. And basically the way it worked was, I don't think he ever took out a loan. I don't, it was 100% self financing. And so it would make a lot of money. Like these businesses can make uh, on $10 million in revenue can make 4 million in profit. But in order to get to like 30 million in revenue, you've got to go open up a warehouse or rent a warehouse and buy a bunch of servers. And there was times where like my friends who worked there along with Chris were literally like tinkering and assembling the servers. And they did this for years and years and years. And it, and it, grow, it grew nicely. And they did a really good job of like automating their customer service. Even for a long time, Chris was answering the customer service. It grew really quietly. He's not on Twitter. I don't, if you Google him, you might find two pictures. There's basically nothing out there about him. Um, he's based out of Philly. And he bought a bank, like, a, like a physically a bank. That was the home. It was a bank turned house. It was the house from the real world Philly. He bought it and they did an article <laughs> of, about him, how he was restoring this bank and Linode, it was Linode's new office. But he was taking a little bit of money off the table, enough to buy a $10 million bank, um, but owned the whole thing. And just yesterday, it was announced that it was sold for $900 million in cash. How do you know this guy? You said you knew him in college. He was at your college or you just no. met him while you were in college? So when I was in college, um, I used to work for that show. I told you American Pickers and a guy came in and he was like, I start internet companies. And I was like, oh, really? I like entrepreneurship. That's cool. Will you like just let me hang out with you? And he let me hang out with them. And this guy, his name was Casey. He became the uh, he was in my wedding. I became friends with him for years and years. He was probably 35 when I was 21 or was probably 10 years older than me. And Casey helped Chris get Linode off the ground and was the COO for a decade or so. Gotcha. Uh, wow. Okay. And Chris right. now at this point, he's got this like huge collection of BMW motorcycles. So for motorcycle fans, there's like motorcycle fans is like a subcategory of like car enthusiasts and BMW vintage motorcycle fans is a subcategory of that. And Chris owns, I think one vintage BMW motorcycle from every single year ever produced. And so we are all motorcycle nerds and we would geek out over that stuff and we would ride motorcycles together. Dude, I need a white guy, rich guy hobby. This is what's holding me back, I realize. I need to start fucking buying motorcycles from, you know, the 19... Anything like 30 years ago. And then I need to care about it. And I need to learn how to restore it and, like, polish it or whatever. I need to become Tim Allen from Home Improvement and have this, like, thing in my garage I'm always working on. So I can just... When I meet these guys, I gotta have something to say. You got that. You have that something to say. I'm like, what am I going to say? Like, you know, hey, what's up, bro? You like the NBA? And it's like, yeah, me and 100 million other people. There's nothing to get excited what about? about. 
Hey, let's take a quick break to tell you about our sponsor. It is a podcast that we want you to check out. It's called D2C Pod. It's hosted by Ramon Berrios and Blaine Bolas. It is brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. And this is a podcast about all things direct-to-consumer, D2C. It's e-commerce stores. It's how you optimize your brand. And they're talking with founders, marketers, and the platform creators about all kinds of things that you need to know for D2C. You know, website conversion, paid ads, Facebook ads, consumer trends, email marketing. If you want to know the stories behind your favorite brands, this podcast is for you. They did an episode recently about scaling creator growth and influencer incentives. I thought it's pretty cool. So check it out. Listen to D2C Pod wherever you get your podcasts. So Rolexes or rare watches is one of those. It, you you got to spend $30,000 in a It's just so hard watch. to care about these things, dude. Why do I? I can't care about it. I see it. I just feel nothing. I'm dead inside. Yeah, it sucks, man. You got to get passionate about something outside of your house. <laughs> Yeah, like uh, you fucking dork. Like I, I literally don't leave my house, dude. My uh, the the chef was like, "Hey, um, we need more gas for the grill," and I was like, "Oh, I was like, oh, grills need gas," and I was like, "Cause I never never grilled." And so I was like, oh, "Okay, where do I get that?" And she's like, "You know, just like next time you're at a gas station." And I was like, "I don't really go to, to run errands." She's like, "Next time you're out running errands, just grab one." I'm like, I don't really go run errands. <laughs> and so like, she's like been asking me for two months. Just, I finally got it. And I was like, so proud of myself. And she's like, so did you forget every time? And I was like, no, no, no. I just don't really go out of my house unless it's like for very specific things. Like I'm taking my daughter to the playground. I'm going to, you know, to a restaurant and back Dude, home. You need a little like, sister's house. Last night. I went to Home Depot just to walk around and look like <laughs> like in the evening. I was like, I've been at home all day. I'm going to go walk around Home Depot and see if like, let's like, let's check out. Like, How some many kids. Home Depot workers do you know by first name? No, <laughs> More or less like, than three. Dude, they, they, what you could do if you go to Home Depot, if you see a guy wearing Carhartt and paint on their pants, you don't even have to ask a worker. You could just ask that guy who's there shopping. That's <laughs> yeah, why Home Depot's about. He'll take an hour to help you. Yeah. It's like, hey, do you know where the wood screws are? Yeah, I got you, bro. Like, dude, I wouldn't even know what to ask. I would just be like, hey, do you know what home and where home improvement goods are? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, you need to get a hobby. Like, See, I, I, just, be, I bet Ben has one. Ben, do you have Ben has one because he's like a history buff. Another white, rich, rich white guy hobby to have is like, you know, studying, you know, great men through history. Ben, do you have any other, you know, very um, rapport building, um, rapport building things? I don't know that I do, but I don't know if you guys have seen this, but Mark Andreessen has been going nuts of like reading history books and then tweeting about history. So yeah. like, I I feel like that That's could be in, with dude. some of the, that crowd. Yeah. Yeah. Like if I was um, with Mark Andreessen and I could not talk about tech, we would be on a silent retreat. <laughs> it would be a silent meditation. <laughs> ben, by the way, you got to keep your camera on because when I see you laugh, I know we're onto something. Um, <laughs> Um, anyway, yeah, you need to get a hobby. Rolex is, is a good one. A lot of people like that. If I see someone with a certain Rolex, I, I talk to them about it. Um, cars <laughs> is good, but I have a feeling you don't even know how to drive. So I would stay away from that. I learned how to drive at age 19. <laughs> yeah. So, cause I just wasn't interested. <laughs> yeah. How your wife ever music, dated you shocks I, me. Don't listen to music. I only listen to sports radio my whole life. So if somebody's like, what songs do you like? I'm just like, oh, you know, I'm cool with whatever. And they're like, <laughs> oh, you're a fucking weirdo, huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's great. Uh, yeah, you need to get a hobby, dude. But uh, this is the story of Linode. Kind of a cool story, right? You never really talked about it. Just no, that's that's awesome. Yeah.